back to the Equipped Podcast, guys. I'm so excited to get another episode out to you. This is going to be episode two of season two, so we're moving right along. Um, and we have another guest today, which I'm super excited to introduce to y'all. And he's actually a special guest because he's very close to my heart. And he's a special guest because I got new podcasting equipment for Christmas, and he's the first guest on the show to be able to use it with me. So I'm very thankful um, for this episode and just all that we're going to talk to you. I'm super excited about the topics we're going to talk about, um, specifically in leadership and in godly leadership and why it is important in one's life. But without further ado, I introduce to you Mr. Max Floyd. Mr. Floyd, thank you so much for being willing to jump on the podcast today and just share your knowledge. Yeah, it's uh it's an honor, Colby, and thanks so much for the invitation. Yeah, of course. So tell me a little bit about yourself so the guests get to know who you are. Mr. Floyd is one of the most interesting men I've ever met. He's got the biggest heart, but he's got an incredible story. So you actually did not grow up in North Carolina. Tell everybody where you grew no, up. No, no. Um, well, born and raised on an island in Alaska, Kodiak Island. Some of you have uh, heard of that. Uh, the most famous part of Kodiak Island is probably the... Uh, the Kodiak bears that reach, you know, uh, 10 feet tall and, and, uh, <laughs> and, it, and you know, it's, it's, it's life on the last frontier, the final frontier, uh, land of the midnight sun. Uh, it's, a, it, it's, it's a part of me and, and uh, my folks moved up there in the mid-50s uh, thinking that they were only going to be there for just a little while and, and, um, and sure enough ended up staying up there and raising all four of us kids up there. And uh, so it's a big part of my life because uh, that's where I was born and raised. And so um, a lot of who I am, uh, I, I trace back to, to that upbringing on that island in Alaska. We call it the Emerald Isle uh, <laughs> because it's so green and, and lush and, yeah. and uh, just uh, full of energy and, and uh, excitement and pristine waters and yeah. wildlife and all those kind of things. So uh, that's a little bit about where I'm from. Uh, but, uh, you know, kind of a small town boy. Yeah. Um, you know, island life. <laughs> so not con- so being born and raised on an island is, is a unique experience. And it's, it's a different experience, you know. Um, most people are uh, mainlanders, so, so to speak. And, and we, were, we were islanders. And so um, with that, had great opportunity. Obviously, I've mentioned already just uh, the wildlife and the scenery and the and uh, the type of ambiance that we uh, woke up to every morning, the, uh, the cr- uh, crashing of the seas upon the rocks uh, close to where we lived uh, off the shore on a mission road in Kodiak Island. To, yeah. You know, so it was a, um, but then it also was, it was very solitary because we were disconnected from, yeah. uh, from the world. We couldn't just hop in a car and, <laughs> and drive and go see a professional sports team play or go see a, uh, a symphony or go go to see some big concert it was a it was an interesting upbringing yeah i am a big proponent i think we should put some type of professional sports team in alaska i feel like there's no professional sports teams there right uh we've had some minor league kind of teams and we've had some you know obviously we've got colleges up there yeah. that, that play uh division two i gotcha. uh, sports and things like that but uh um, we've tried, there was a, years and years ago, there was a kind of a minor league, D-league basketball team called the Northern Knights, I think okay. they were called, that tried it there, but it's just so far away. Yeah, it's, uh, it, uh, You know, the travel um, and uh, maybe the profitability uh, for, for having a franchise up there was just uh, prohibitive. To, so um, great, great state, you know, <laughs> as we all know about Alaska, for those that don't, you know, it's two and a half times the size of Texas. It's just a monstrous place. 
And so even myself, born and raised in Alaska, I haven't seen it all. Yeah. Uh, but I've I've uh, made made a few trips around the state. I love it. You know, I love so. it. Fun fact: my our interim president for Liberty, Jerry Prevo is also from Alaska and every time he speaks he talks about just all it reminds me a lot of you talks about his stories all the time the bears he saw like he has he's had animals taxidermied um, and they're just these massive massive animals so he shares the same passion as you so which is pretty cool but I've got to ask you grew up in Alaska and as a man now you're in North Carolina so take me in between that time frame of of college where you were at in college your stint um, and after college, yeah, just share a little bit about that. Yeah, so, um, you know, grew up on Kodiak Island, went to uh, East Elementary School, Kodiak Middle School, and then Kodiak High School, and and um, and then went off to college. But uh, I was, uh, the Lord gifted uh, myself and really uh, all the Floyd siblings uh, in athletically. So all of us kind of went off to, uh, with, with athletic aspirations. And so uh, three of the uh, four siblings were were baseball and uh, my sister uh, played basketball and so so sure enough um, uh, I left the island and uh, upon graduation and 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 went out to to see uh, uh, how I would do how I would fare on the national uh, stage you know it's a uh, when you're in a small town it's a uh, 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 small big fish or a, maybe a little fish in my case yeah. in a little pond you just never know right and so I had to know yeah I had to know uh, uh, where I stood, you know, obviously I, I had some success uh, locally. I had some su- success at various camps across the nation, but just never knew for sure uh, how I would stand up against uh, the elite athletes, the, the best athletes. And I and I chose uh, to go to uh, what I thought at that time was the best school in the nation uh, in my sport. And so I wanted to go and I went to Arizona State University because I heard that was the best place to go. I could have went to some other small colleges, had some some coaches uh, 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 kind of uh, uh, extending invitations to go to ju- JUCOs, junior colleges, um, uh, NAIA school, Division One, smaller Division One school, mid-majors. But then uh, Arizona State uh, uh, called and it was all over and I, I said, I've got to try it. I love it. I've got to try it. it. And Arizona is a, a quite, I imagine, a quite different, a little bit of a difference from Alaska. <laughs> oh my. You know, I've... Uh, you know, you walk off the plane and it's 105 degrees and, and, and onto the field and yeah. and the sun seems to uh, never cool down. But uh, but that was the place for uh, to play baseball. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have rain outs down there. And right. so um, I played more games in my freshman year at Arizona State uh, University that I had probably played in my life. No way. You know, played 35, 40 fall ball games, another 25 uh, winter league games and then another solid uh, 45 uh, game uh, schedule in the in, in the spring and 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 so I had uh, you know my senior year in high school we played five games yeah you know and, yeah. And because you know in Alaska we didn't have a high school baseball team and right uh, and so all we did was American Legion and and my dad who was the coach uh, struggled to even get a team together <laughs> uh, but uh, that wasn't the case at Arizona State yeah. but uh, so you know, I, I walked onto that campus, 42,000 students wow. then, and, and uh, uh, thanks be to God, uh, uh, made that squad and, and began my journey there. And, uh, but there are some other things at Arizona State that, uh, that uh, kind of came my way that basically changed my life. Yeah. You know? so, uh, and talk to us a little bit about that. Go into that. Yeah, so, um, you know, you, there's a lot of things that, that, that you kind of realize uh, when you get out and have some quiet time. Mm. 
you know, in between games, in between classes, you start to, and when you don't have that, uh, that social network that you grew up with, you have a lot of individual time to, to uh, think, of, you know, what's my purpose? Why, why am I here? Where am I going in life? You know, and so, uh, so I had an opportunity through uh, listening to my coach one evening at a, a campus crusade for Christ uh, meeting. I had no idea that he was going to be sharing his faith, but uh, he talked about uh, how his life had changed, how uh, he had experienced forgiveness uh, for the very first time. He had experienced peace that surpassed all understanding. Mm-hmm. He, had, yeah. he experienced power that overcame sin he, yeah. uh, and, and pardon from sin. And, and I'd never heard that before. I'd heard it. I'd gone to Young Life meetings. I'd gone to church. But, uh, uh, you know, the readiness to listen to the gospel and, and, the, and the prompting of the Lord to the knocking of, uh, on the door of my heart uh, wasn't happening then, but it, it was happening in that... Uh, uh, in my freshman year at Arizona State, and so in the quiet of my dorm room on the fourth floor of Palo Verde West uh, uh, Residence Hall on the campus of Arizona State University, I, I trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior of my Amen. life, Amen. and uh, things have never been the same. Amen. Amen. I love that. I think that God uses so many different unique experiences in our life to kind of get our, get our attention, and it's easy as as a young person especially to go through life and say, what is my purpose? You know, where, where am I supposed to be? And I think when we find Christ, God makes that purpose within our hearts so clear. And now don't get me wrong, there are certainly times where we're like, where is God leading us? But if you just trust God and trust his plan, he is going to lead you to somewhere, you know, open doors that no man could ever open. Yeah. And that's what's amazing. And so, so you went to Arizona State, you accepted Christ, you played some baseball. Tell, yeah, tell us a little bit about what yeah. happened after yeah. Arizona State. Yeah, so, uh, um, you know, pursued uh, baseball at, at Arizona State, and, and obviously, a, you know, big-time institution like that, it's a dogfight every year just mm. to, to get out onto the field. Right. And so, uh, uh, you know, everybody uh, that's out on the field is uh, potential draft picks, and then probably half of the bench is potential <laughs> of draft picks. And so I kind of knew, and the coach knew that uh, – um, you know, he, he, he was bringing in a, a recruiting class that would win the national championship eventually that next year. And so he knew that uh, uh, my playing time was, uh, was not going to uh, be, um, be, be what I liked. And so I decided to uh, – um, so he said, Max, you know, this is the situation. And, and I said, well, Coach, it, it probably might be best, almost like the, the uh, transfer portal today. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I said, I've got I've to play. I'm from Alaska. I've got, I'm hungry still. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I didn't play travel ball since I was eight years old, and 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 play hundreds and hundreds of games. I was hungry, just like all of us Floyd boys and yeah. the, and, and Virginia, the, the uh, Floyd gal at the top of the the heap. Uh, um, uh, we were hungry, and so I wanted to play. I didn't want to uh, uh, go backward, and so sure enough, I, I went to a JUCO, uh, Phoenix Junior College, to get eligible to go. Back then, you had to go from to go from D1 to D1. You had to get a, an associate's degree or sit out a year, and I didn't want to sit out a year. And so, so I uh, went to Phoenix Junior College, and, and a coach at University of Texas at El Paso uh, uh, saw me play and said, uh, "We need you over here. We'd like to offer you a scholarship." And so I went to University of Texas El Paso, and um, sure enough, uh, in my at the completion of my junior year, uh, after a pretty good season. Uh, an organization gave me a call. That's awesome. And what organization was that? And so that was the uh, the Philadelphia Phil- Phillies. Yeah. So, so they said, uh, called me up and said I was their uh, 14th pick, uh, 14th round pick. And so I uh, I had a choice, a decision to make at that time. Um, do I go back? Do I stay in school? Right. 
or do I take an opportunity that uh, may not come around the block again? Right. Uh, we all know that uh, when you're playing uh, athletics, flying around the bases, uh, charging into home to score a run, yeah. guys throwing at you 90 miles an hour, balls being roped down the line at you when I played third or hit out in the outfield, or uh, you know, you're, you just never know what can happen every game. And, and so I said, well, I think uh, I, I'm going to take this opportunity. So I decided to uh, give up my last year of eligibility in college and, and signed a professional contract with the Phillies. That is awesome. And so you signed with the contract with the Phillies, and then you went into kind of a different place than you originally thought. God kind of had a different plan for your life. Isn't that the truth? You know, sometimes the Lord gives you things which your heart desires. Mm. Mm. Sometimes uh, he allows dreams to be fulfilled. And then, and then he lets you feed at the table of that dream or that heart desire. He just, yeah. Sometimes he just says, all right, you're okay, right. you dream that, you're, you're, you're really wanting that, and he gives that to you. Yeah. But then the, the problem is, is sometimes those dreams, if, if it's not what he wants, he lets you taste them for a little while, and then you find out uh, that that table is empty or at best a junk food. Right. And so for me... Um, the Phillies experience, he let me taste it for a little bit, and, but he had something different for me. Mm. And so after just one, uh, one year with the Phillies organization, I was put on waivers and, and not picked up by other teams. And, and, uh, and the Lord, in other words, I've got another door open for you. And I, I've closed this one, but I've got something else for you uh, that the University of Texas in the, in the classroom mm. would start to uh, develop yeah. in my life, and that was the, the field of education. And so years pass, uh, I didn't explain this before, which I should have, Mr. Floyd is, uh, so his son, Jared Floyd, is married to my sister. So I've had the opportunity to uh, actually play soccer with Jared as he was also a goalkeeper, same, played for the same school, same club, uh, was a very good goalkeeper. So he gets it honest from his father in the athlete genes. His son, Joe Max, was also a great baseball player. Um, so the sports genes, we love it. But like you said, God kind of had a different plan for you in your life. And so you are now into uh, at Calvary Day School, which is where I graduated high school back in 2020. And so you built a leadership program here. And leadership is something that is so important to you. So explain why. Yeah, so um, yeah, after a short stint, uh, finishing up at University of Texas El Paso and getting my education degree and then and then uh, uh, moving on and getting my uh, master uh, sports management uh, master's degree at Ohio State and then stayed on at Ohio State for uh, four or five years and then went on to Wake Forest for uh, for a few years there and and uh, but uh, Calvary uh, came calling Calvary yeah. Day School and and uh, a guy by the name of Rick Bonner and, yeah. and Terry Hales uh, <laughs> uh, uh, extended, and, and of course the head of school, Richard Hardy, extended an invitation to me to, uh, to hey Max, you've lived uh, leadership, you've developed leaders o over the years at Ohio State and, and Wake Forest, and could you do more of the same here? And I said, I said of course, I'd love to do it, but what's, what's unique about Calvary Day School is like no other leadership program. Uh, yes, uh, why is that? It's because it comes from a, a worldview that is different than uh, the worldviews of most leadership development programs. And one thing about that I was so excited about is that, is that uh, my worldview could then be extended in the classroom uh, and using leadership as, as the destination. But, but the worldview had some, it was wrapped around some philosophies, some Christian philosophies, 
that uh, gave it an exciting appeal to me, and so uh, I stepped in that and, and have continued to, uh, to develop leaders as best I can here at, at Calvary. Uh, yeah, I love that. And so I think there is a big difference, and you can see it everywhere in the world today, um, depending on what leadership is, and then we have biblical leadership. Obviously, Calvary, for those of you that don't know, is a, is a Christian day school, private Christian day school. Um, and it's so important that we do build leaders for the, for the next generation, and that is exactly what Max is doing. But it's not only important that we build leaders, but biblical leaders. Amen. So um, I ask you now, in your opinion, what is biblical leadership? Well, um, biblical leadership has, has a model, has an example has uh, obviously biblical means it's based on the Bible. So everything, all the principles, everything that we deliver in, in biblical leadership should have its origins in the scripture. And so uh, there, I, I see it as a, as a four-pronged kind of stool. Uh, and we have an example. We have a place that we find this wisdom. We have a reason, uh, one of the legs, and then we have the uh, ultimate power source. So, so Jesus Christ is the ultimate example. Amen. And, and so scripture is the ultimate place of wisdom. God's glory is the ultimate reason why we, we should be leading. And then the Holy Spirit uh, is the ultimate power source. And the Holy Spirit is unique to the Christian, unique to the Christian worldview. Because remember, when you trust Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to reside in you and then uh, can can move you and, 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 and give you the kind of strength and, and insights and wisdom that you need to, to lead in, in the way that, uh, uh, that is profitable in, in the terms of profitability as measured in the economy right. of God's kingdom. So, right. so biblical leadership, you know, it, it, uh, it starts out really in, 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 in if we were to say, uh, the place of leadership in the scripture starts out right in the, in the first book of the Bible in Genesis. Amen. Amen. I love that. I think it is so important, like you were talking about, just biblical leadership in our lives. And if you want to hear from Christ and learn how how to um, effectively use biblical leadership in your life, you have to be surrounded by biblical leaders. Um, and the leaders that grew grew me up through Calvary Day School, so you know Max Floyd, Taylor Clark, Rick Bonner, um, Richard Hardy, are all some of the, the, the best biblical leaders that I have ever had in my life. And I took it for granted, I think, when I was in high school, but I look back at myself now and say, I, I wouldn't be the same. I, I mean, in fact, I got saved at Calvary Day School. And so if Amen. I didn't have those biblical leaders in my life, Amen. That, that could have easily not have happened. And so it, it's so important that we all surround ourselves with biblical leaders so that we are able to create a community and grow together. Um, and so similar to kind of your story from the get-go, uh, from baseball going from Alaska to Arizona State to transferring to the Phillies and then God kind of rearranging and changing yeah. uh, what your original plans were um, to his plans, we all kind of face adversity in life. We face adversity in many different ways when sometimes we think it's when our plans don't go to, to the way we wanted them and it's what God has. And, or, or maybe it's a, a diagnosis or um, a sickness or anything like that. We all face adversity. So why is it so important during that adversity to submit to God when going through different trials? Amen. Well, um, we're all going to have those days we're all, got, all going to have those moments, those chapters where uh, things maybe uh, are cast our way um, that we need to uh, approach in a way that is healthy. Mm. Uh, and and, and really kind of the, 
uh, a lot of the importance of this broadcast is to yeah. examine how we think through these various things and, and how we consider adversity and how we think on adversity is very important on, yeah. on what's going to happen next. Right. You know, we can sit there and dwell on it and stay uh, or it can make you bitter, kind of a simple thing. It can, you know, adversity can make you bitter Amen. where you dwell and blame and, and uh, uh, look for people to, uh, to kind of put the, put the whole onus and the responsibility on when, or it can, or they can, you can see it as a, as a kind of, have as a springboard forward as, as a, to make you better and, and an opportunity is just like the Lord is sovereign. Amen. And so therefore he allows these things into our lives for a reason. And Amen. so, yeah, so I'm down in spring training in Clearwater, Florida, thinking that I'm going to be in the big leagues right. in three, four years. And all of a sudden I get a tap on my shoulder. We need to see you in the clubhouse. What? Hmm. Max, we're cutting you, you know, or, 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 you know, come along, uh, you know, and, and, oh, Max, you know, there's, uh, there's a telegram here for you, and, and the one, the, uh, the grandpa that used to pitch to you in the, in the front yard, mm. is gone, it's, he's gone on to be with the Lord, or, 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 or other situations that, that happen in your life that, uh, oh, uh, that you think that you were going to end your career working in a certain location, and, and no, you know, yeah. Uh, we're going to eliminate that position altogether. And so you're thinking, well, what do I do with this? Do, we, do I get bitter and blame? And is there somebody's a reason for this? Or I say, no, the Lord has allowed this in my life, Amen. this adversity mm. for a reason. And, and I can embrace it. And I can say, Lord, you've got something brewing with me. Mm. As he's got something brewing in every listener's heart right now. He's allowed things in our life to make us more and more molded into the image of his son. And so, in, in, in almost like that James verse, chapter 1, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Why? Knowing that, that, that they're going to produce character and they're going to produce things in our lives. And we've got to believe that and trust that. Why? Because we've got a good God. We've got a faithful God. And he, what he starts in us, he's going to bring the conclusion. Amen. He's always, uh, but we know that the world can touch us in a way this is a sin-laden, fallen, and broken world that can touch us in a way that, uh, that, that uh, sends uh, adversity and heartache our way. But, uh, but he may not take the burden away, but he will lead us. Amen. And he will carry us where we need to be carried to. Uh, but we just need to, like you said, we, we need to trust him through that. We need right. to submit to him Amen. knowing that he's got the best uh, in mind for us. Yeah. And, you know, and all these circumstances are, are not by chance. That's the difference uh, that we hear at Calvary Day School on a daily basis. It's not by chance you're here. Nothing's by chance. These are all divine appointments. Even this interview today, mm. you know, and our, this is something the Lord has this in mind for somebody. Yeah. Uh, you know, almost uh, one of my favorite verses is, is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Praise be the God of, of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, uh, with a comfort that he uh, from God, so that one of the key phrases in that, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we've received. So there's something about going through adversity, and there's something about receiving the comfort, because then you know what? It's game on at that point on. Then it's like you can talk now. Yeah. You can talk to a group of sophomores at Calvary Day School yeah. about real life. You can talk about a group of seniors on on the way to Costa Rica. You can talk to a, uh, to a man in college making a difference through podcasts. You can talk to all these people. And, and why? Because you've gone through something. You've gone through some adversity. Mm. And you've been comforted Amen. so that you uh, 
can share with others. Everything is a divine appointment. Amen. Everything is a, has a reason. Yeah. And that's the exciting thing about the Christian Amen. life. There's nothing by chance. And that's what a, a, a world that doesn't have hope thinks that they're just uh, random acts of chance out right. there. No, uh, that's, that's, that's not what the Lord wants us to know. Yeah, and I think before we get to that next question of divine appointments, um, with a little bit of time we have left, I think everyone that is hearing this right now and hearing Mr. Floyd speak can, can understand and acknowledge why Mr. Floyd was such a, a biblical leader in my life. And I think that adversity, I posted two quotes the other day, uh, and, and it said, no great story is without adversity in it. I think that God uses our adversity in our lives to mold and grow us. And there are two ways that we can go when you face adversity to life and in life. And you can go closer to Christ or you can go further from Christ. And I think it is so powerful because through that adversity, we see so much adversity when Jesus was roaming this earth that he went through. And every single time that he went through that adversity, he turned to one person and one person only, and that was his father. And so many times he had to separate himself um, from the pack to go have that one-on-one time with God. And, And God uses different people in our life and divine appointments in our life um, to almost wake us up or encourage us. And so I think that the next question fits this kind of this topic kind of really well. And so highlight how God can use divine appointments in our life. <laughs> Amen. Well, you know what? Uh, uh, like I said in our, in, our, in our last few moments here yeah. talking about, uh, um, you know, I, I've written a book, a devotional book yeah. called The River Narrows. And who would have thought, uh, if someone were to ask me, uh, um, years ago that that I would uh, you know could, could you write a devotional uh, book and, and 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 have people read it each each day for so many days and I, I'd say oh no way but you know what when God has something set up for you when God's in something when the Lord's in something then success happens when now you there's another side of life you can take a round hole in a square peg and try to hammer it through and he may give it to you he may let you taste it but it's never it's not within the, his will yeah. But then there's other times, they're divine appointments. And so uh, on the campus of Wake Forest University, my son was meeting with a, 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 an RUF intern. And, uh, and, and he said, Dad, you know, uh, he's pouring into us. He's, 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 he's challenging us. He's encouraging us. You need to, you need to meet him. And, and so I saw him on campus, and I waved over to him. I said, hey, how you doing? He said, hey, Mr. Floyd. And so I met, and I came up to him, and I said, you know what? If you ever need a place to stay, and have your Bible studies. Come over to our house. And so, sure enough, he did. And and uh, and and my wife was cooking for him. And and uh, guys would come over, 10, 12, 15 guys. And and um, and then uh, he had he went off to seminary eventually. And and the guys were about to disband with their Bible study. And and then they turned to me and they said, you know what, Mr. Floyd, we'll keep going if you'll uh, if you'll do do this Bible study. A divine appointment. Who would have mm-hmm. thought? I said, all right. Uh, I'll keep I'll keep teaching for you and, and my son was right there in the thick of it and so I, I enjoyed I that. that just as much and yeah. and then the guys I said one time I said I, I'd like to challenge you guys I want you guys to have a devotion for a hundred straight days and you know how guys are yeah. you know they're yeah yeah we'll and, and then I got this uh, this late night email it said that dear Mr. Floyd I have no idea what you're talking about on what a devotion is and I said never mind I'll write them for you every day. Yeah. And so one thing led to another. I wrote 100 devotions for him and wrote another 40 of them. And then uh, a person uh, again saw my writing, another divine appointment, and said, you know what, you could get this published. Mm. And so sure enough, one thing led to another. 
And at one of the Bible studies, I brought out a stack of a devotional called The River Narrows. Yeah. And I gave every one of the guys, and I said, if it weren't for you guys coming into my life and asking for me to be a, do a Bible study and receiving this challenge of a 100-day challenge of a devotional, this book would never have happened. And now, guys, who knows who's going to read this devotional someday? Mm. And it's going to tell. And really, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, The River Narrows, uh, seeing life uh, through the Lord's hands. I love seeing that. The seeing the Lord's uh, seeing the Lord's work in everyday life. I love that. So, and I can attest, I actually have a copy of The River Narrows, and it's a phenomenal book. And so if any of our listeners now um, want to purchase that book, where is a good yeah. place for them to go do that? Yeah, so available on Amazon. And, awesome. And uh, you can click it in there, just The River Great. Narrows by Max Floyd. But, uh, I'll put the of, link in there as well in the description of, of this podcast, so they'll be able to go click it and awesome. go straight to it. But, but uh, I, you know, I... I'm honored with this divine appointment today and this opportunity to talk about a little bit of my story yeah. and, and uh, the, the successes and some of those disappointments, yeah. and, but also knowing that uh, God's handiwork was involved in all of it. And, and he's not done with me, he's not done with you, and Amen. he's not done with all these listeners out there. Amen. He's got a great future for you if you can just uh, trust in him with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. I think that's a phenomenal place to kind of wrap things up. So, Mr. Floyd, I appreciate you so much for being willing to just share your wisdom and knowledge um, through the different trials and adversities of, of life and, and just the amount of godly leaders you've had in your life, and you've extended that to the next generation to me. So thank you so much for being willing to sit down um, and talk with us about that today. It's my honor, my privilege, and uh, I'll continue to pray for you and your thank vision you. and uh, your you. impact on a lot of listeners. Hey, praise God. Thank you guys so much for listening. This concludes our episode two of season two. Um, we're going to be able to continue to get more episodes out to you with different guests, amazing guests like Mr. Floyd. Um, follow us on Instagram. That's equipped.podcast on Instagram. Uh, we would love to interact with you. Never be afraid to message me or the podcast Instagram um, to just to, he to hear y'all. I've, I've had so many encouraging stories come within that, uh, and it's been such an encouraging point um, for me to continue to do what I'm doing, not for my own good, but for God's good. So we love you guys. I hope you have a great rest of the week. Peace out.